From Bristol, UK, I'm Pomi Harmer. And I'm Melissa Shamam, and this is The Quarantini. We're bringing you this podcast every week to keep your spirits up and until the COVID crisis in the UK has ended. As with every week, today we'll bring you a mix of ingenious responses to the virus, creative ideas for the future, and maybe a dash of the unexpected. And, by the way, a big thank you to Seb Gutierrez and his band, The Old Bones Collective, for that music, Hot Feet. And welcome back. Now, coming up in the show this week, as usual, we'll bring you a brief roundup of exciting responses to coronavirus from all over the world. And as a dash of something exciting, we've got music from Emily Breeze. But now it's time for our interview, Pommy. Yes, this week we're delighted to be joined by Pinky Lilani. She is a fantastic woman of ideas, influence and huge creativity. And for many years, she's been writing and speaking about the importance of kindness in business and especially following COVID. But before we hear about that, I wanted to find out first why she carries a walk around with her. Let's hear. Welcome, Punky. Now, you're clearly a woman of influence and energy and you've been called one of Britain's most entrepreneurial women. You've received a CBE, you founded Women of the Future programme, which includes the Network, the Summit, an Ambassadors programme and the Awards programme. You founded at least three other awards ceremonies, including the Asian Women Achievements Awards, and you're also CEO of Spice Magic. Tell me about this last one and whether it has anything to do with the walk I hear you carry around with you. Thank you so much for asking that question. It's so funny to juxtapose, you know, spice magic with the women. But I think in my life, there are two things that are really important besides my children, my husband, my grandchildren. It's really food and people. And spice magic was my first business, actually. And it was all about... Um, teaching people about Indian food and running team building days and leadership development days based around food. And my first book that I wrote in 1999 was called Spice Magic. And it really is an anthology of Indian food. So it's very much Spice Magic is about bringing people together over food, but about learning too. And so, yes, the walk comes with me to a lot of places because sometimes I can't have people back into my home, which is my first choice and actually if there's a much bigger audience so then when I'm talking about leadership I normally say can I bring my walk along uh, and if they say no you can't and then I question them so much and keep on asking them till they let me bring it and it's lovely to mix that you know whole theme of food and leadership with actually getting people to taste food and be part of the experience Tell me a little bit about Women of the Future. Uh, this is this is to do with women in business, is this right? Women of the Future is an, it started as an award programme for women under the age of 35. We wanted to give them a platform. We wanted to actually connect um, incredible young people so they have the network and, you know, be inspiring role models for others. But it's not just for women in business. The awards actually has 15 categories. So it's anything from entrepreneurship to um, technology to community spirit to construction engineering. So it's not just about business because I think... There are so many programs for women in business, but we need to bring that whole range of people. And I think, you know, when you get people together who are very, very different, doing different things, 
it's everyone is enriched in that experience, much more exciting and much more relevant, I think, than just having women in business. Now, Pinky, you've written an awful lot about the importance of kindness in business. Why do you think that it matters so much and especially why now? I think kindness for me has always been very, very important. So it's the DNA of all our programs. It's about kindness and collaboration. In fact, our strap line, which I totally love for Women of the Future, is where where kindness and connections are forever. So what I'm trying to do really is to build a community of women who will be there much longer after I've gone. And I think, you know, there's a very famous saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so the Women of the Future is all about how do we embrace the community. And we've been so lucky because now we've actually built a global community. We've taken our awards to Southeast Asia to 11 countries. So during COVID, one of the challenges, and we said, what can we do different? Because we were so, we thrive on this face-to-face meetings, they inspire us, they energize us, you get the warmth. So we set up these coffee mornings around the world, but what played a great part was kindness. And you know, I think everyone should have a mantra, and I always talk about my mantra, and my mantra is, you have not lived a perfect day unless you've done something for someone who can never repay you. And I think kindness is a universal attribute. And you don't need a PhD, you don't need a million pounds in your bank account, you can just be kind. And therefore, I think it really gives everyone power. So I think kindness has become even more important. I remember Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, saying in one of his first speeches that this era of leaders will be defined by their kindness. So it's even more important than ever before. But you don't hear many people talking about it. Why do you think it's seen as a weakness? Well, I think people think if you want to be successful and, you know, you're looking at the bottom line, you can only make money if you run roughshod over everybody else. I think quite the reverse. I think, you know, when you're kind, there's a huge propensity in human nature to reciprocate. So I find when you're kind, everybody wants to reciprocate. It's said that it actually releases chemicals into your body when you're kind that gives people a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. They've said, actually, experiments have shown that if somebody watches somebody else being kind, they actually are propelled to be kind themselves. So when you act, um, you know, um, you watch acts of kindness, actually it leads to more acts of kindness coming out. People, when you do something nice for someone, they want to repay you back. And, and also in the business world, if you're dealing with three suppliers and one or two of them are really very hard and one of them's kind, they're all giving you the same prices. I think most people would go for the kind person. I'm not saying the soft person. I think you can be kind and you can still be strong. So I don't think it compromises your ability to run a business. That's very interesting. So you can be kind, but you can still be very strong. So it's not soft and fluffy. Not at all. I think my favorite professor at Oxford, Professor Lalajuri, once said, when you're kind, you go from being successful to being significant. And that's the legacy people leave, you know, when CEOs... Yeah, they've they've kind of raised the share prices, the bottom line's gone up and all that. But they want to be remembered. At the end, if you do all that and you go away and nobody even remembers you, but it's those little acts of kindness or compassion that people remember. So I think 
kindness becomes the legacy of successful leaders. And where do you get all your inspiration from, Pinky? Who inspires you? Who has inspired you? I think it's all the amazing people I meet. I think what keeps me going are the amazing. We're so lucky over the last 21 years since I set up the Asian Women of Achievement Awards in 1999. We've come across the most amazing women. Some of them have just flown to great heights. But just their energy, their belief that they want to change the world, they're looking for connections, they're looking to make a difference. And sometimes if we can give them the platform, we can open a door. That's the difference between them doing something and not doing anything. So I think it's the inspiration I get from all the amazing women that I know. They, during COVID, I, as I said, I decided what can I do? So I was picking up the phone every day and talking to five people. And really hearing their stories made me feel if I'm challenged, everybody has challenged. But just if somebody rings you up and thinks that you care about them, it really makes the difference in their day. And there's a lovely saying, um, which was said by, I think it was a guy called Bejar, who said, the fragrance always stays in the hand that gives the rose. And so therefore, when we are kind and we do things for others, it takes nothing away. It doesn't diminish anything in us. But the fragrance stays with us and inspires you to do more things. And you will come across people who just don't resonate with your values, or you see them to be duplicitous, political, backstabbing. I mean, fortunately, in my world, I don't come across many of those. And if I do, I just shut them out, because I think you don't want negative energy ever to bring you down. And they're always nice people. I, mean, I always have this list of about eight people if I'm feeling down uh, that I just ring up just to say hello and just hearing their voice and seeing their energy is amazing. And, you know, kindness comes in so many forms. One of the people who's been so kind to me in so many ways, and she used to be very much in the public eye, was Sherry Blair when, you know, she came on board right at the start of our first award as our patron. And every step of the way, she would open a door for me without me even asking. And I think, you know, if, if you emailed her or whatever, she would come back within three minutes, even though, you know, I wasn't high in the hierarchy of influential people in her life. I'm sure she had so many. But I take that as kindness. I also want to ask you about competition in business. What, what's your view on competition? Does Can you have competition and kindness or should we all be collaborating? No, I think you can have competition and kindness. I don't think, you know, there are several other women's awards that go on. And I think we all have our own space. So, you know, you have to do it the way you want. I think we all have a different viewpoint of how we are going to run things. And I think competition is good because it brings out the best in everybody. I, I know somebody was telling me yesterday how the world she's in where the competition isn't good. They're like very, very malicious. And I think that must be hard. But I think you can be competitive and you can be kind. So I understand you've got some kindness for awards that people can nominate at the moment. Is that right? Yes, it's actually called Kindness and Leadership 50 Leading Lights. So we want to name 50 kind leaders in Britain. So it's not really an award, it's a listing. And so it's a really great list to belong to. I think it's the greatest accolade you can have that you're a leader, you're successful and you're kind. I think I would nominate you, Pinky. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'm honoured to be asked. Thank you. It's now time for our weekly roundup. Let's start in Bristol. What have you got, Melissa? We've been talking a lot recently about how of a struggle it is for musicians. 
But then, last week, uh, a place called St. George's has held its first concert since lockdown began in March. It was um, apparently a lovely evening. I wasn't there, but I saw some photos and journalists on Twitter being really mesmerised by it. And it was um, a series of bands, obviously outdoor. So there was a campfire, created some sort of campfire club by a collective called Nest. And they had also fellow Bristol artist Disraeli. And they opened with a stinging spoken word by um, talking about, obviously, Colston legacy, believe it or not. But um, people were so delighted by it. I guess the St. George's will, will do some other events and little by little, maybe some other venues will reopen. I really love the idea of all this outdoor stuff, but I'm not sure what we're going to do when we get to the winter. I suppose we live in such a creative city that somebody will come up with a really bright idea, won't they? There was also this article, Pommy, I don't know if you read it. I've read it in The Guardian, I'm sure it's everywhere, about research showing that if you sing quietly, that actually you get less chance to produce droplets. So it's way safer uh, in the context of coronavirus and we could get music to be performed live with social distancing if actually the performers are like find a way to just I don't know whisper or you know do some intimate music so it seems really unscientific to me but it's good news isn't it yes I did see that I did see that it's research I think that's been done by Bristol University Staying with Bristol, Bristol City Council is looking to convert office blocks into accommodation for homeless people. And over the summer, as we all know, during lockdown period, rough sleepers were housed in empty hotel accommodation. And of course, there's been a lot of concern that they will have to go back on the streets now lockdown has ended and nobody wants that. So with many more companies asking their staff to work from home, office space is becoming available and so it makes good sense to turn it into housing. Let's hope it works well. That's really good news. There was, there was Obviously, Bristol had a um, homelessness crisis for a while and a lot of people were thinking, what about all these empty buildings? So hopefully that's the right moment to do that, to make it happen. Bristol Zoo also had good news for me. You know what? A baby gorilla was born uh, in the early hours of Wednesday, the 19th of August. The mother, Kala, is nine-year-old and the father, Jock, was there as well when the baby came to the world. And the keepers arrived at work to find the baby being just held in Kara's arm. The birth of a new gorilla is very important in securing a future for these um, endangered species. And as you know, the zoo has reopened a few weeks ago. I don't know if you've been, but seeing the gorillas is one of the most moving part of the zoo. They look so emotional, so, so human in a way. They have this very profound look. So it's it's an amazing news because it's quite rare. When I think about baby animals, I will always think about you because you have made them a big feature in this podcast. Yes, let's reproduce animals first and trees and then we can talk about humans, right? This is my point. Talking of animals, do you have any pets, Melissa? Well, luckily in my house now we have two wonderful cats and I love them to bits. Well, I've had many cats living with me over the years, but I've never had chickens. And a charity that rehomes chickens has been absolutely inundated since lockdown began with more than 52,000 requests. The organisation is called Fresh Start for Hens and it saves birds that have reached the end of their peak laying period, which is only about 72 weeks. They say that 
This was sparked by the shortage of eggs at the start of lockdown, but hasn't waned. The reasons they say people have been so keen on rehoming chickens is that some want to show their children where eggs come from, some just want the eggs, and some even want pets that can come into the house through their cat flap. I'm not sure about that. Well, I'm, I, I imagine hens are a bit less affectionate than cats, but who doesn't love eggs? I mean, apart from the vegan, obviously. We're talking about homelessness uh, and how we tackle it in Bristol. Well, in the rest of the UK, uh, they are to be given free smartphone. It's part of a plan to tackle social isolation and digital exclusion, which is a massive problem, as we know. Uh, the homeless charity Crisis will give away the amount of like £700,000 worth of smartphones and data in the next 12 months. It's part of a two-year partnership with Tesco Mobile, which will supply these handsets and credits to the homeless people. They say that the pandemic has highlighted the growing issue of digital exclusion, especially among vulnerable groups, including the estimated 300,000 homeless people currently living in the UK. Can you imagine? It's almost the size of Bristol. Um, especially as many services now, you know, are, are only running online because we need to try and stop the spread of the coronavirus. And without access to the internet, many indeed struggle to find support to services or even claim universal credit and even search for jobs. And during the lockdown, Crisis has already provided a thousand mobile phones to clients to ensure that they can continue to access support uh, digitally. And reconnect with, for instance, family and friends, of course, to find um, also somewhere to live. Now, talking of the digital divide, this has been a thing in many countries. And in a valley in Kashmir in India, there's a new scheme to set up schools in the open air and keep education going for their young people. Life in this particular Muslim-majority valley hasn't been normal since even before lockdown due to the conflict between Kashmir and India. All phone connectivity was also suspended during lockdown and 4G is still banned, so internet is very difficult to use. But the organisers hope this will get round the digital divide exposed by the pandemic and that it'll spread to other areas. One of the best news, uh, according to me, of this week, where obviously you've, you've all seen the coronavirus is still around, if not growing, but in Africa, they've reported a very hopeful daily drop in cases last week. The aver average daily cases of coronavirus in the whole continent generally fail, which was described as a really hopeful sign for the fight against the disease, according to the head of Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So most of the above 1 million cases registered in Africa are in South Africa, which is where um, a fifth highest total in, in the world, like it's one of the, you know, one of the five top countries for this crisis. But South Africa has seen its number of daily confirmed cases fall from a peak of over 12,000 uh, to an average only 5,000, driving the drop in a continent-wide average. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and the centres have also, also noted that the countries in West and Central Africa were showing similar trends. Finally, we go to China and back to where it all started in Wuhan, which has held a huge floating festival with everybody on inflatable boats. And if you go and look at the pictures, it is quite incredible. 
But it's caused huge consternation across the globe as social distancing is obviously at a minimum. However, the organisers say that with the majority of the population having been tested regularly, which I guess they aren't here, they're very confident that participants are unlikely to catch covid and it sounds like an amazing way to party to well, me. Well, a few places have been willing to party. I think there's been also a party recently in Venice in Italy because they are finally getting rid of those massive tourist boats. So, yeah, you gotta, you got to give people a chance to cheer up. And now it's time for a dash of something exciting. It's music time. What have we got, Melissa? Yes, so the past two weeks we mentioned that we wanted to support the music industry a bit more and as we were saying earlier, there's only one venue that has been able to reopen recently. There's also a lot of venue at Threat in Bristol. You, probably most of you have heard of that. The Blue Mountain is going to close, for instance, because it's going to become something else, redeveloped. And so I've chosen a song from a local singer uh, that's been working around Bristol for years. Her name is Emily Breeze and she's just released a new video called Hey Kids. It's a really, really beautiful, very inspiring sort of melody. I love her song. So Emily is doing this sort of like punk, modern rock with a touch of like, you know, female guitarist, wonderful voice of energy. And um, this one is, is just, you know, exactly what we need for this like last phase of the summer. It's called Hey Kids. Hey kids, don't do what I did Are you never right to hit? Raise a shop and fetch a man thin Zap a beef arts and beer hits Leather jacket, marachet
That was Emily Breeze with her new song and video, so check her on YouTube as well, called Hey Kids. That's it for the Quarantini this week. We'll be back next week with a new cocktail of ideas, music and positive news for you all. In the meantime, we'd really love to hear from you. If you want to send some news, tell us what you think of the show or send us some music, email us, for instance, at the quarantinipodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. This episode was hosted by me, Melissa Shamam. And was hosted and produced by me, Pomi Harmer. Thank you for listening. And stay safe.